Welcome to the State of the Program. I'm Bobby Burton, joined today by InsideTexas.com publisher, Eric Nolin. Uh Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you, Eric. It's uh, been a week since we talked, uh, but here we are, uh, and uh, the Longhorns have a ball game tomorrow. Yep. Same to you, Bobby. Yep. Uh, you know, Longhorns ho- are basically, I think Texas is actually the, the, I don't even know if they're the home or the away team tomorrow, uh, but long story short, it's a 90-mile trip to to uh, San Antonio from Austin, and I think it's about a 2,000-mile trip from Seattle uh, to San Antonio. Uh, and so your thoughts on uh, whether or not the home crowd will play, play a, uh, uh, a role here? It seems to me, like in years past, that the Alamo Bowl has always been very kind to the Longhorns. I think there is a home field advantage for Texas. They're right down the road. You know, the fans are going to travel better. I, I you know, I, I know a lot of Seattle people, and I'm sure that they would love to get down to Texas in the wintertime, even though it's, you know, it's it's, it's probably going to be about as cold in Texas as, as it is in Seattle. I've, I've been in Seattle where, you know, the stereotype is that it's cold there and rainy. Uh, you know, I know Texas had a lot of uh, cold weather uh, recently. It, you know, it, to me, it's just a style matchup. Texas has a good advantage uh, as far as the defense matching up well to their passing attack. And I think that's, you know, that's probably going to be the story of the game, but you know, we'll see. You, you, you think that's the key matchup for Texas? Absolutely. Yeah. You know um, we've had some really good um, information on, you know, that, you know, Sark making uh, Kwiatkowski uh, available gave us some good insight into the, uh, to the uh, amount of uh, input that, that Gary Patterson's had. And I think that that's going to play a part here. You know, the, the match quarters that they're talking about is is going to match up well to what they're running on uh, at, at UW. You know, Kalen DeBoer has, you know, quite the the reputation building. He might only just be getting started. Uh, but I think that UT has the answers for what they're what they're good at. Um, you mentioned Kalen DeBoer, and, and he is the uh, he is a offensive wonder. Ken, he's like the new shiny toy, right? Right. Um, of course. Yeah. We, we hear about this, but he really has taken a Washington program that was down and out. And he's got him 10 and two in his first year. Uh, he took a transfer quarterback. That yep. was his quarterback at Indiana yep. when he was a, uh, just the offensive coordinator, uh, Michael Penix. And they have put up some really, really impressive numbers for those that haven't seen him. Penix is a left-hander, uh, very accurate, can throw the deep ball and has a group of receivers that are pretty solid. Uh, what is it in the, that scares you, I guess, about this, Washington matchup is it their passing attack or is it something else no to me it's always motivation with uh, with bowl games you know people that have followed inside Texas for a long time will recall that we were predicting uh, Texas beating Georgia we predicted Texas beating uh, Utah you know Utah was coming in on a uh, on a good run and it's just motivation and I think that they are motivated that's the one thing you have to always account for when it when it's a bowl game um, you know I think they're going to match up well uh, stylistically you know, Texas strength, I think Texas passing game or uh, pass defense is getting better and better every week. Uh, it's almost like you didn't want the season to end. You know, you want this you want this sort of defensive cohesion to bleed into next year. Uh, and I think that's really what they're working towards. So I think, you know, it, they have a lot of respect for that uh, that passing attack. Uh, Phoenix is, is viewed as a future pro, uh, but they're also relishing the challenge. And so that challenge, Bobby, is what makes people – that, 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 that's what makes you confident that they're going to show up because they want that challenge, you know. Uh, it's all about being challenged in a bowl game. Alabama uh, losing to Utah and OU losing to Boise State. Were they up for it? I don't know. But that that offense is, is an attention getter for the defense. Uh, Eric, uh, this uh, segment, uh, State of the Program, as always, brought to you by Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. 
Uh, at the Lowy Law Firm, they specialize in results for their clients, whether it's a tragic car wreck, an accident in the workplace, or any serious or catastrophic injury. Adam is who you want to call. Call Adam today at 512-280-0800 or reach him online at lowylawfirm.com for a free consultation. And remember, Adam focuses on results. Um, you mentioned getting better in the secondary, and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, they really showed out, I thought, starting against TCU. Um, you know, K-State got a couple of big hit, hits on them. Uh, Oklahoma State, uh, they, ha they had this. But then when that TCU game, they legitimately shut TCU down through the air, basically. Yep. Um, and ever since then, it just felt like it all carried over. Now, granted, Baylor's not exactly the most prolific passing attack, and neither is Kansas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Nothing like what we're seeing in in, uh, uh, in uh, Washington. Uh, let's talk on the other side of the field, though, and that is the Texas offense versus uh, the Washington defense. My concern, and I think most Texas fans' concern, is what does this offense look like without B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson? You and I, I know, are both high on Jonathan Brooks, but it seems like to me they're going to try to make – still try to make – when yours beat them in through the air. I mean, that, that, how does that, you know, it's, it's great when you have somebody like, like a Bijan is like the excuse maker or the, he, yeah. he, he like basically just shelves all the, all the topics and says, okay, he's still better than your, your yeah. best. And so he, can, you win. He, can, he can erase mistakes for sure. Yeah. He eliminates. That's what, that's a great, that's the way, yeah. way I was trying to put it. He eliminates those problems and he's better than your guy. Jonathan Brooks is a really talented back. I don't know that he's that level. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, this tracks back to motivation, Bobby. And, uh, you know, the offensive line is going to be out there to prove that, you know, they weren't, you know, just being a, a glorified by, by Bijan. And, and Jonathan Brooks has that same motivation. He's, you know, he's trying to, to stake a claim to being the guy next year. You know, the, a bowl game is a great way to go into next year, uh, people not being surprised by you. And, and, you know, Texas would love to surprise people with Jonathan, Jonathan Brooks next year. Jonathan Brooks, the individual, is going to want to wreck shop in this bowl game, put up 200 yards rushing on the ground, and say, look, I am the next B. John Robinson at Texas. Um, and I think he has the ability to go for a big game, uh, especially, you know, assuming they all show, show up motivated. But, again, it tracks back to individual motivation and unit motivation. And I think the offensive line is going to be ready to go, too. Um, I, I look at this and, and think to myself, okay, this is the launching off point for next year. But really, uh, and it's it's an article that I think I wrote I, that I wrote on uh, Tuesday morning about how they closed the season out. Texas finished the, the regular season six and two. Mm. That's their best close since 2013, Eric, of a regular season. Yeah. Um, you know what is this? You talk about trying to take it forward, and motivation is one piece of it. Uh, but really, the the close of the Longhorn season. I thought was we started to see what shades of what they could be and maybe yeah. a little bit of what Steve Scarkeesian's vision was for the team, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, confidence for a younger team, especially a younger team is great going forward. Uh, you want enthusiasm going into the off season too, you know, uh, you know, sometimes you go into August and everybody's everybody's excited, but that's some sort of, you know, a lot of it's a manufactured buildup. Here you can have the, the authentic version of it going into the season with a with a big bowl win, finishing the season, uh, you know, in, in a good it would be seven and seven and two. Um, you know, that's that's a good season unto itself, you know, right. Coming yeah. in the right direction. So you want confidence. You want uh, you you want leadership to, to, to butt up as well. And I think. I think when things are going well, people buy into leadership. They buy into the coaching. Uh, they buy into strength and conditioning. They just buy into offseason in general. Um, they know they're on the, uh, the, the right trajectory. Uh, what, what Sark is doing, and you know, I think this bleeds into anything we'll, we'll talk about with the portal or transfers or anything like that, is he's making all this transactional. If you believe in Texas, we're going to spit out a very good football player. Uh, obviously, you want you know good student, uh, good person, and all that as well. Uh, but people go to college, football players go to college to become a good football player. And he's starting to make this transactional. You know, everybody's, you know, we talked about development throughout the, the whole season. He's on the cusp of that and you need buy-in to con continue it. And, uh, you know, a, a bowl win over a good Washington team and a good offense uh, will just further that endeavor. I, I talk about the things that were said in the press conference this week. Jalen Ford uh, comes out and says, hey, I'm going to wait and see what the NFL draft folks say. Uh, Xavier Worthy is non-committal. I think is the best way to say it. It's not that he's in or that he's out. Is this just how college football is nowadays uh, for Texas fans? Was either one of them a gut punch to you or a surprise in, in what they responded at the media days during the Alamo Bowl? Well, I think Jalen Ford, I mean, he should test the waters. You know, you want feedback. Um, you know, he, he had a sensational year, especially in the second half. Now, you would – People that have a, a very good second half season probably need to come back and build on it. Um, but, you know, he, that's that's up for that. That's to him to decide. You know, I don't know. Um, I, I think he should come back and I think he will come back. Uh, I think he sees the big picture there. With Xavier Worthy, you know, I see it a lot differently. You know, he's you know, he's, he's a Texas player. Right. I mean, why is he even talking about why, why? Why didn't he just say I'm coming back next year? If he has something else going on, then, you know, I don't know. Good, good. That is the new day and age in Texas. But what, like I tell people right now is Texas is at the top of the food chain. Easy come, easy go. If he leaves, I know what he's leaving behind. Uh, it's not just targets, but I know what he's leaving behind. Uh, and somebody's going to come fill that void. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Uh, he knows what he'll leave behind. If he's got something else, then he's got to do that calculus. Uh, but if I'm a Texas fan, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, we look at this, and that obviously plays into the portal. Uh, you know, if Jalen Ford goes, I mean, did they sign in? I don't think you could sign enough high school linebackers right. to get no. you where you need to be. Uh, be at wide pass. receiver, there, the, and the problem too is, is that at linebacker, there are preciously few guys that are good enough to really take somebody's role. Whereas right. at wide receiver, there are a lot of good receivers in the portal. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, so you you you'd be losing experience at linebacker. Uh, you know, part of that nucleus that we've we've talked about Texas having in its favor going to next going into next season. Wide receivers a little bit easier to plug and play. Um, you know, they, they would get something from the portal. Uh, but you know, I mean, it, it's funny that we can't talk about it. Um, you know, if they're going to make a lot of money, can we? You know, at what point can we talk about it? Does anybody know how much he's made at Texas? To you know. That's a signal to other wide receivers. If he leaves that behind, there's a void to fill. Maybe he's fill, maybe he goes, and I'm just speaking in a pure hypothetical here. 
maybe Jordan Addison leaves USC and it was reported that he made something around $3 million. He's going to fill that void. So should we report what he made at Texas and, and somebody's going to come in and fill that void too? I mean, <laughs> let's yeah. be honest about it. So uh, I, no, I, I, think that, I think it is a perilous uh, step of where we're at in college football, right? I mean, we're, you're, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's perilous. It's just, you know, what can we talk about? You know, if he's going to leave behind a lot of money, obviously he had a lot of NIL deals at Texas. Um, so to me, you know, when, when he says, I don't know what I'm going to do, it's, uh, I, I don't agree with that mindset. So, yeah, I, I, I can appreciate that because uh, essentially, Hey, it, it, you're, you're, it would be one thing if you were testing the, um, if you were testing the, uh, pro football market, right. But he's yeah. saying he's going to potentially test the NIL market, right. right? Which is other colleges. Right. Uh, so that's the difference between Ford uh, and worthy at this point. Right, to me, uh, so what's, what's, what happens in the locker room? It would be like if you and I are having this conversation and, and you might, I'm going back to 24 seven or something like, I mean, it would just be hard for me to, to look you in the eye and say, are you bought in? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't get it, man. If you want to transfer, not, not him, not, not him specifically. If you want to transfer, if you're not happy where you're at, then you have to make that decision. And, and, and I'll understand that. Uh, but, but there's no half measures if you're trying to win games. I would agree with that too. Uh, all right. So here's the other piece uh, to this. You and I haven't talked since recruiting day. Uh, we were, we had the live stream and talked at length uh, that day. Um, any follow-up thoughts on DeAndre Moore's signing? Cecilia Connor came aboard late that day. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on those guys as, as we, we look at uh, this Texas recruiting class and what are your overwhelming feelings towards that recruiting class at this point? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You know, I thought they closed well. They, they closed with the, the last couple of needs that they felt they needed from the high school ranks. Uh, you know, edge rusher, not just an edge rusher. You know, they've got a couple of good edges, uh, but they look at Akana as a, as a pure pass rusher. Uh, and, you know, I'm not sure that they've really signed that uh, in the last couple of classes, you know, as talented as they are, when you talk about a pass rusher, you're talking about bend and uh, quickness off the ball. And it's not, you know, they look, they, they've signed a lot of do it all sorts, but not a guys that are really good at it. You look at Baron, Baron Sorrell is, is an example of a guy that just kind of does it all, but isn't a great pass rusher. With Akana, they're bringing in a guy that comes in on third down and he's going to get after the pass rusher. So, you know, they're filling, they're filling a void there. Uh, DeAndre Moore is just, you know, he's just overall good football player. You know, I, I'm pretty sure he could be a very good safety if he wanted to be. Um, he's got good speed. He's he's just an overall good player. So uh, I think he's got a high floor. It made a lot of sense. And you know Sark wants to get into that South, Southern California. He's about to go back in there pretty soon. Yeah. So talk about this. What are your overriding thoughts, though, on the recruiting class? Uh, last year, I don't think you and I would doubt one bit. It was the The talk was the offensive line. Then it was Quinn Ewers in the portal, right? What is it? What is it this year, in your opinion, that you think people are going to uh, look back on a year or two from now and say, "Hey, that was a great this." You know what? What's the fill in the blank there? Well, it's probably going to be quarterback. I mean, because I, I do believe in Arch Manning that much. But to me, if you look at uh, roster management, to me, it, it's about you know 
fixing imbalances from the previous class. You know, whatever whatever is weak in one class, you have to make good in the next. You know, and, and maybe you can help out that in the portal. And, and so to me, linebacker was the big one because they only took Travell Johnson the year before. Travell missed his uh, senior year. Travell is also not the biggest guy in the world. Uh, so they had to address that with numbers. Now, addressing things in numbers is easy. Addressing it with talent is very hard. And they addressed it in numbers and talent. And so to me, that's probably the story of the whole class. Um, but I love the thought process. I've, I've covered the thought process across the board. You know, offensive line was not – you're not going to go get Kelvin Banks again because you just got Kelvin Banks. Nobody's going to want to sit behind Kelvin Banks when they are Kelvin Banks. And so, But they went and got Trevor Goosby. You know, he's got – uh, he's got pure left tackle traits. Uh, the offensive line, I think, is a, a lot of upside players. If they're not going to play early, uh, you want guys that are nowhere close to their ceiling, and I think they did a really good job with that. So, I mean, they they, they have a good plan. Like, you know, I, I'm a broken record. I, I believe in what they're doing. Good. No, I think that that's what Texas fans want to know because sometimes you and I, we've we've done this, you know, 15, 20 years each. Uh, we we see we've seen the good and the bad. We've seen things we disagree with. Uh, yeah. and things that we agree with and we need to point out both well and, yeah I mean, I, I mean there's definitely there's no perfect cycle you know i mean there's things that i would have done you know i like kyle parker there's a, there's plenty of players that i liked but uh for me to to make a critique over uh what they've done is it's it's tough you know it's a top three class right now uh you know there's no there's no perfect cycle i'll, I'll leave it at that but uh they did well uh they did well on top of last cycle you know they're building a program yeah i agree I, and i think that's the the key takeaway for me is you start stacking classes um, yes. and filling holes simultaneously. Right. Uh, that's where things start to get interesting because they needed offensive linemen so bad last year yep. and they didn't just get good ones. Sark said this, we could take as many as we wanted. We wanted the right guys. Right. Look what happened. Yeah, this year. 12, 12 and two cycles. I mean, and, and, and they're all upside guys. You know, there's context for each one of them. I know the stargazers aren't, uh, totally in love with this current class, but look at the context of a guy like Andre Kojo, um, 16 years old. He'll be 17 when he finally gets on campus. He's just getting started. Uh, Connor, Connor Stroh is uh, someone that was injured for his sophomore year, and that really hurt his recruiting profile. As you know, the earlier your recruiting profile, the better it is for you as far as a star, a star and, and ranking standpoint goes. Um, look how lean he looks now. You know, I, I think I think Flood has a very good eye for what these guys are going to be, and he doesn't care for what they look like right now. That's interesting. Yeah, and, and the other piece, it wasn't just offensive line. It was linebacker this year, to your point. All right, uh, one, one last question, but before I do that, I need to say thanks to our sponsor. This will be the last time this year we say this commercial and want to say thank you to Adam Lowy uh, of the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, the Lowy Law Firm specializes in results for their clients, whether it's a tragic car wreck, uh, an accident in the workplace, or any serious or catastrophic injury, Adam is who you need to call, 512-280-0800, or reach him online at lowylawfirm.com. Last thing, Eric, uh, Texas plays Washington this week, then they go directly and start back with spring rec or January recruiting. Uh, Texas only really waiting on one guy from the 2023 cycle, in Jelani McDonald that has already made his decision. We just don't know what decision he made, yeah. uh, the uh, athlete out of Waco. But then you push forward and you look at Deuce Robinson, the tight end out of uh, the Phoenix area. Uh, as of right now, no late names that you're aware of that Texas is really perusing on the 2023 cycle for the month of January. 
No, I haven't heard anything about 2023 in that regard. I mean, obviously, Deuce Robinson's out there, and you have to like Texas to resolve to get him. You know, they didn't get Kamori and Pimpton uh, very late. They need sort of a Jatavian Sanders analog. And, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's Jatavian from an inline tight end prospect, but he's about as good as it gets from a, a, a receiving prospect at tight end. Uh, Texas is going to be all in. You know, can they beat Georgia? I don't know. Can they beat USC? I don't know. Uh, but you, you have to like UT's chances for at least uh, still being in it and having another month to work. Yeah. Um, 2024, too, is coming up. Uh, some guys uh, that you I know you feel uh, Texas feels confident about. Uh, what, are, what are Texas's main recruiting needs for the class of 24 as they get started that way? Well, needs, I would say, if they, if they miss on Deuce Robinson, then they have to go tight end. Uh, you know, left tackle, I would probably say left tackle every year. Another corner, they missed on Trey Scott. They, they just got Gavin Holmes, who has multiple years at corner. And, of course, Malik Muhammad, I expect him to start for three years probably. Um, but still, lead corner because they, they, they've taken more guys that might move to safety, might move to nickel, uh, Trey, uh, uh, Terrence Brooks, uh, Austin Jordan, you know, those, those sorts of guys. So still a lead corner. you got to take a lead corner. you got to take a lead, uh, left tackle every cycle. Uh, you know, uh, running back, maybe – the numbers aren't great there. I, you know, numbers appear to be great, but I'm not sure that they're great. Jonathan Brooks might blow up next year and just be out. I don't know, man. I could see him having 1,500 yards. It wouldn't even surprise me at all. Um, wide receiver is another one. Again, because they can still address these needs out of portal, you don't know exactly what the dire needs are in the next class. Uh, but I, I would say another wide receiver, probably one with length, what they're looking for right now out of the portal if they can get it. Uh, you know, those sorts of players. I will say this, and just listening to you talk, I could hear you really trying to go through, I, you know, I could sense you trying to go through the roster saying, where do they really need help? And yeah. I can tell you right now from listening to you, it ain't like it was two years ago. And it wasn't there. You were struggling to say we need, you were really trying to find these finite positions as yeah. to saying, hell, what don't, what don't we need? Right. You know? Yeah, that would be a 45-minute conversation a couple of years ago. You know, it's, they aren't a good place. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if I'm too rosy or not. Uh, if they don't win, I'm going to appear to have been sunshine pumping the whole time. I'm trying to catalog this as I go, and I just believe in what they're doing. I, I see what they're doing. I see how they're addressing all these needs. I don't I, – I, I mean, I just – they're just, they're just making all the right moves as far as I'm concerned. You know, they, it's not perfect. Again, they, they still need to, they, they need a five-star sort of edge rusher. Uh, they haven't found that guy yet, that, that, that number one overall sort of Julius Pepper stud. They found him at other positions. Kelvin Banks is a top 10 pick. Arch Manning's a top 10 pick. Uh, Jonte Cook, to me, is probably a first-round draft pick eventually. Uh, but, you know, maybe they need a, that, ed, that edge rusher that's, that's got that number one overall sort of uh, – but now what we're picking nits. I mean, you know, that's – Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, it's like they just needed a defensive end last year. I mean, yeah. you know, right. you know, warm body yeah. and all. Um, I, I hear you on all of that. And I, I think it's, it's the case where uh, – there's one last thing I want to mention that I think also is, is good for Sark. He's going to have both coordinators in place, it looks like, for three years. Oh, yeah. That, that's that breeds some familiarity, uh, sure. some improvement. Uh, it allows it allows the players to to be faster, to play faster. Right? They're yep. not. There's not as you know. You're not trying to install something new in the spring and then play in the fall. Uh, and and it also allows you to tweak things as you go. Uh, so I I think that 
from that standpoint, it looks like Steve Sarkeesian's got this thing going in the right direction. However, uh, on Thursday, he needs to come back and uh, try to beat his uh, old stomping grounds, his team that yep. used to coach, the Washington Huskies. All right, uh, Eric Nalene, publisher of InsideTexas.com. Thank you for your time. As a reminder, uh, folks, right now, please uh, give InsideTexas.com a shot. Uh, we have got a special going on. Uh, I think it's – is it $10 until – August, Eric. August, what yeah, is August $10 for August till August 31st. Yeah. You won't find better or more value uh, for your money than what, what you get at InsideTexas.com. Uh, daily articles, commentary, uh, message board community as well. Uh, and uh, Eric is the uh, leader of that group uh, as the publisher and, and just does a fine job. All right. For Inside Texas and on Texas football, uh, Eric Nalene, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been on Texas football, state of the program.